you know what? This drink is going down so well. Really? What is it? Prosecco? It's Prosecco, yeah. I've just, it's been Let me have a little bit. Such a... I've got a date tomorrow in the day and I don't want to have a bad stomach, but... Who's the date with? Mm. Just someone I was chatting to online, you know how I am. But yeah, he's quite fit too, so I thought... I just figured I haven't been on dates in ages. I don't want to get drunk on dates, so I just figured if I go on a few... It's probably going to be awkward as hell because we're literally going for lunch or something, so I'm not actually going to be drinking on it. But I figure if I go on a few of them, I'll suddenly get used to it and be really charismatic when I haven't had two Sober, vodkas. yeah. <laughs> not to like a little spritzer with your salad? Yeah, maybe, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll have to tell us, like, if blondes have more fun. Yeah, can you believe, <laughs> do you remember the first podcast when I was cussing that guy for having blonde hair? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I can't that. date him, he's got bleached blonde hair, and now look at me. <laughs> <laughs> it does suit you, though. Thank you. Um, any other things to catch up on? Uh, it's no, been, really. We haven't been on a podcast here in like a month. No, it's been quite a while. Um, yeah. No, not really. No, I've been staying back with family because I'm having my flat renovated. So there's only so much that goes on when you're kind of chilling with your family. We're all just waiting for the hotels when you move back in. <laughs> yeah. I can finally have men over because I've got a decent flat. <laughs> well, at least that's one of us. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, all the things that we wish we knew when we were younger. Uh, very reflective, seeing as I've just turned 30. Um. <laughs> See, I think about this a lot. Like, I, I don't know, if, not regrets, but I always think about, oh, God, if I knew that, this is how I'd act back then, etc. So, yeah, this was, like, already there in my head. <laughs> you do have such a, like, wild, wild imagination or active imagination. Yeah. But we talk about it, don't we? We're like, oh, imagine if we were young and we knew each other. Yeah, and would I call you at, like, three or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, two six-year-olds, like, <laughs> should we go, oh, Compton Street? <laughs> <laughs> okay so i was actually chatting with um danny about this a little bit um on the topic of like turning 30 and everything yeah um and i was saying like i feel like really empowered and everything and i'm really like living authentically and i think that's one of the things i wish i had known when i was younger like i know it's such a cliche but mm-hmm. like just be yourself exactly um but it's, i feel like it's a cliche for a reason because it's like it's fucking true when you're yourself, I just feel like everything like falls into place. That's the thing. And I think there's so many insecurities for everybody, not even just gay people, but even more so with gay people. Yeah. That you're always, not always. I mean, I I quite young st- stopped pretending. I mean, there's always certain airs and graces you're going to put on. But I think it was probably about 20. I just had a relationship and I'd pretended I was something I was not in this relationship. And I came out of it and I just thought, what the fuck have I been doing yeah. for the last year? Because it's just not healthy. In what way do you think you were different? Um, so I'd I'd lived this, I'd moved back to Watford. It was a guy I'd gone to nursery with actually. And he had this like, had had this lovely normal life in Watford. And I'd kind of run away to London when I was 18 and done all these crazy things. Rebellious teenager. Um, yeah, yeah, and more. Um, and I'd always kind of lie about things and all my friends had to be on best behaviour around him because I didn't want him really knowing that, you know, I'd gone to London and I'd done all these things I probably shouldn't have done. Do you know what? That's what happens when <clears throat> you take drugs and your boyfriend doesn't. <laughs> You're constantly hiding it. Well, the thing is, I didn't. When when I was with him, I didn't at all. But oh, I didn't right, even yeah. want him knowing there was any past. Any past, um, okay. Nah, but it was such an uncomfortable year that I think in the breakup process, I kind of had this revelation where I just was like, that was horrendous. Like, I'd rather be single than go through that again. Yeah. So I've always kind of been myself since then, which I must admit does get me into trouble at work sometimes because I don't put on airs and graces. Yeah. But I think definitely from, from teenagers. When do you think you kind of had your epiphany of like, be myself? 
Um, I feel like it's it's a it's a weird thing because when I think when you when you talk about like being yourself and stuff, a lot of the time we're talking about being vulnerable mm-hmm. um, and just not giving a fuck as well. Yeah. And obviously, from like seventeen, eighteen, I was wearing hot pants and glitter at Pride, and I didn't give a fuck in that respect. Yeah. But when it comes to men. Probably every single day I've ever had, I've never really been fully relaxed or acting like myself until about like two, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just, you would always have feelings like, oh, they're going to see like the real me and they're not going to like it. And it just stems from that fear of rejection, doesn't it? Yeah. And also this striving to be the one that everyone wants, which is just never going to happen to anyone. I think we spoke about it. Definitely not going to happen to anyone with my eyes. (laughs) Well, for for any of us, really. But um, going on dates and trying to be adapting yourself to be the perfect man for every single person which is just ridiculous i love how you like puffed out your chest a little bit there because that's what it is it's Did always I? a little bit about like masculinity isn't it oh my god yeah because on the, how often are you you with do you meet a guy you like or in the past even probably now you meet a guy and you talk a lot a little bit more like that because when you first meet them because you don't you're paranoid you're going to act too girly around them yeah totally but i think that is one of the things that i have got over is my voice yeah. like i would always be conscious about my voice mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that has actually come from doing the podcast because i've yeah. had to listen to it to edit it um but i'm fine with it now i'll voice note men when i haven't met them before yeah, see, I'm still getting there. So I say there's obviously different levels of progress with totally. being yourself. I probably, to be honest, doing this podcast has made me more fine with my voice. I always hated my voice ever since a kid. I love and your I was, voice when I listen to it back. Uh, do you know what? I was much camper when I was younger. Every, I don't have to say two words and people are like, you're gay. And I'm like, yeah, but Fuck. so was I. Um, but now I'm fine with it. Yeah, especially a few people have said about the dulcet tones on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> Be one of their um, cool boys. But I definitely, yeah, I think, I don't think so much if I met a guy now and met, I'd be like, yeah, you're, you're right, mate. Obviously, I was not that extreme, but. Yeah, for real. Uh, what else? What do you think? There's a lot of things, advice I'd probably like to have given myself back at school, for example. Mm. Um, as I said then, you know, two 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 words would come out of my mouth and they'd be like, oh my God, you're gay. And I'd take it really offensively. Obviously, I was hiding it. Um you know, I'd either get really aggro back or I would like run away and cry somewhere. Whereas in hindsight, I really wish I'd just said, and what did your dad tell you? Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> because I think if I'd reacted like that, one, it would have stopped and they probably wouldn't have done it anymore. Um, and two, yeah, I'd accepted it within myself already. I just really didn't want anyone else to know. Whereas if you just went, yeah, and what, what, what could they say really? Back then, I think you're always scared of a beating. Whereas now looking back, I'm like, it really wouldn't have hurt that much. They were like other kids. Yeah. Like what age are you talking about? Like 13 or like seven? Oh no, I'm talking like probably like 13 through to 16 was when I come out. So okay. 13 through to 16, so my early teens. And would you say you were comfortable with your, you knew you were like comfortable with being out at like 13, 14? Do you know what, weirdly, about 12, I was comfortable with being um, gay. And because I obviously being a writer, I used to have loads of diaries, all these dramatic diaries <laughs> that I can still go and get and look at my mum's log. Um, okay, we'll, we'll do that on a separate yeah. episode. But there's <laughs> the diaries um, of Darren Palfrey. <laughs> but no, I was reading these and I was actually okay with it. I was going to tell my mum when I was about 12. She had a silly reaction and I ended up not telling her then. Um, but in my diaries, is kind of me accepting it. Um, 
for ages I didn't actually even know I was gay because I didn't know there was gay people. I thought I was going to have to be um, trans. Um, and then I think I saw a programme about it. But yeah, my diary is quite accepted. Wait, I don't see you thought that there were trans people, but you didn't think there were gay yeah, people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, well, I knew that there... Because I'd, I'd seen quite a few trans people when I was younger, so I knew there was trans. Like the Clapham Tranny. Obviously not, because I was living in Watford. But <laughs> Watford had Watford around that area has actually got a bit of a community, so that's maybe that's where I saw them. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, in my diaries, I'm accepting, I'm gay, I'm fine with it. And then I left a school and went to another school. I think I told you this before. I got sent to the church youth group, and one of the um, church youth leaders did a right old number on me and fully convinced me that the be, the gay bit was being the devil in me. And you actually see. <laughs> Um, and bearing in mind, you know, we're all suffering with a bit of mental health at that age. The diary changes and it says how, you know, I'm not really gay. And it probably took me about another year and a half before I was cool with it. Like a fucking conversion therapy thing. It wasn't a conversion, but he, I remember being at his barbecue and I was talking about my friend at drama who was openly gay and young. And I was talking to him about it and he'd obviously clocked on, I was quite feminine, he knew it was me. And he kept talking about how you're not actually, this guy's not actually gay. He's, um, it's just the devil in him, he needs to realise he's not gay. Love's between a man and a woman, not a man and a man. And I'd been so welcomed into this church, having kind of left a school where I'd had no friends, um, that I kind of got in, got into it and it probably took me about another year. I'd say... I did that for about six months and it probably took about another year to then be okay with it again. And that's when I told someone at school um, and then I was cool with it. But yeah, pretty much fine with it. You told someone at school? That's so brave. <laughs> well, I told one girl and then and then I told a group of five girls and then that... Lo- wow. They never told anyone. You know, to this, that I have to be so thankful to them because they kept it a secret until I told my mum and then my mum told everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I told these five girls at school and that was finally my release of being able to kind of talk about what guys are fit and stuff like that. Yeah. um, But yeah, in hindsight, I would have thought just accept it. I'd accepted it over myself. So when other people said, I should have said, fuck you. Yeah. Do you you get where I'm coming from? I totally get you. Do you get the same kind of stuff? Well, I wasn't, I hadn't like really accepted it. Do you know what I mean? I would be like getting turned on by men. And in my head, I would be thinking, what is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I was almost a bit like, please just like tell me I'm gay because then at least I kind of know what is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always had that thing where it was very confusing. Like I fancied the face and the hair of a woman and even like the babes. Yeah. But then I was sexually attracted to the dick. Right. So I was almost a bit like, am I, <laughs> have I got a thing for like. Were you into trans or not? Um, no, I wasn't. No, because I, I'm sure like that porn has sprung up at some point before and it yeah. just, um, I wasn't like aroused by um, the top half being female. Right. Um, um, why do you think you ha- didn't accept it for so long? Did you grow up in a really kind of masculine environment? Or? No, I don't know. I don't know if I was just like a bit more like naive. I feel like you were probably more mentally advanced than most people. I also had but... my mum, you didn't have your mum around, which was probably a big, I had my mum around and loads of sisters, so I had that feminine influence. Yeah. It could have been that you were missing. Well, they probably just made you feel a bit more comfortable with yourself and stuff. Or turn me into a queen as a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, standing up to the bullies is one thing, but you could probably fight as well at school. If I had stood up to the bullies, I would have just got the shit kicked out of me. 
I mean, I could have fought, but I didn't know I could. So I never, I think I probably only have had two fights. And the thought of getting into a fight used to absolutely shit the life of me. Yeah. Although, talking off school, there's another one as well. I hear from so many of my friends about how they were getting it on with other straight boys at school. Like, I had no idea that happened, but I've got tons of friends that said that. If I'd known that, I can't believe I was so sexually frustrated when I was younger. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I'd known that, I wish I could have told my teenage self that. <laughs> yeah, that was just not even a thing for me. There was no boys getting with boys in my school at all. And they definitely wouldn't be getting with me. I was fat with braces. To be honest. Or I even when I got a bit older, then I was just anorexic. It was like <laughs> like chubby, chubby loser or like bag yeah. of bones. <laughs> bag of bones. <laughs> And I've been a bit generous to myself. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that wasn't, uh, that just wasn't a thing for me. And even like growing up, because obviously we're talking about things we wish we knew when mm. we were younger. So yeah. that extends through your 20s and stuff as well. Um, even growing up, I don't really feel like there were many sort of missed opportunities. I feel like the the ones who were straight that would have swung that way, they kind of did. Yeah. I've so, got yeah. with at least like five men that have been in, in the closet or like, the first guy they've ever got with, or so yeah. they've told me. And you were there. Liars. Ready. Gaping. <laughs> <laughs> Not me gaping, I meant them gaping. Oh, I meant you. <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, oh, this is my first time. And then straight away, it's like hoop in the air. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, it's your first time. Why can I fit four fingers in? <laughs> Liar. Oh, straight away. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I um, have nothing like that. I think I, even when I was, at, when I was younger, I used to go to, um, do drama performing arts can you believe now um and there was certain teachers there that you could tell were like a bit i don't know if they were pedos or anything like that they were very like open about their attraction for the younger lads oh um now looking back this is another thing actually looking back looking back there's a lot of things that happen i'm like fuck that was a bit weird that was a bit weird um but at the time you're you're so young you don't really know what's going on why didn't any of you touch me exactly (laughs) that is exactly what happened not one look no one ever tried it and i'm not saying i'm not don't want to um belittle it because i don't think anyone was actually getting abused or anything and i hope they weren't but yeah no nothing at all (laughs) as a child (laughs) everyone else was and i was just left alone with my (laughs) braces the worst is when you're like 15, 16, and then you know that you're gay and the sexual attraction is at like full steam ahead. And you're just like, yeah, I would love to fuck this teacher, that teacher, that teacher. And you know if she was a girl, you could have done it. Yeah. Oh, my God, at my school, girls and teachers were seeing each other. They like, were? Not until they got to the sixth form. But, yeah, loads of the sixth formers were seeing teachers. Yeah. Openly? Well, I bumped into... It, there was two, only two that I knew of, so I can't say loads. But, yeah, one I bumped into in um, the town centre near our school and they were together. And the other one confessed to me. But, yeah, two, two of them had a relationship with... Um, to be honest, they were young teachers, so the, the gap was probably only like six or seven years, but still weird. Mm, lucky. No, it was going on for everyone else in Watford, <laughs> just not me. <laughs> Although I think I'd already come to London by that stage. And what else about school? Um, being popular doesn't mean shit. <laughs> oh not that not. ever really bothered me, I don't think. See, for, for a little while it did used to bother me. I used to think, you'd watch all the American high school things and think, oh my God, being popular is so cool. Yeah. Um, and worry about it. And it, but look back, I think, why did you bother? Like, who, how, what's it done any of them? Mm. <laughs> Literally all the popular girls at school are pregnant. Oh, really? Well, that's what happens when you're popular. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're very popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, that's absolutely true. Yeah, being popular is 
Fuck all. It's like the gay scene as well. <laughs> like being being a scene queen just doesn't really mean anything. Sometimes I look back and I think, oh my God, I was like going out like three, four nights a week. I should have just been getting some rest. Would you, I do remember like we'd go out, especially on a fucking Thursday all week. You'd oh be God, telling yeah. us about which outfit you'd do, spend a fortune, go and get our pictures taken in this club, pictures taken in that club. Mm-hmm. Then you'd be pissed off for three days afterwards because one of the photographers didn't ask you to get your pictures taken in <laughs> one club. And like, oh my God, very that. I'd already kind of, to be fair, when we were in, in that stage, I think I'd already kind of started to see the scene is just really a playground but my first round of it because obviously I've done it fucking a few times uh, you go into a club and you think oh I'm so fierce like mwah, mwah, I know you mwah, mwah, I know you mwah, mwah, I know you and I think you look back and you think all those kisses ain't paying your mortgage you know what I mean like you can't go and buy like some nice clothes with all those kisses you're getting in the club like you're not going back to your hometown your dad's really proud of you because you know everybody like on Compton Street yeah um and Even I think worse, fire. Oh god, yeah. And it was easy to know. <laughs> I actually, yeah. <laughs> I actually feel quite triggered because I was a scene queen. That was me. I was the one that would walk in the club and be like, "Oh my god, hi, how are you? You're right, babe." <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I never was I really on your level because you just literally used to knew everyone. But to an extent, more so because the amount of bloody buzzing conversations I'd had in the um, smoking area but just always used to be like oh yeah know this person know that person think you're great but then I look back on it and I think no one really that I probably know about if you think of people that are like really big faces like club hosts how many club hosts do you know that own their own house how many you know rich drag queens do you know I think most people are more likely to get bloody an STD and a drug problem than they are to get kind of a boyfriend and a mortgage from (laughs) being known (laughs) on the scene right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> savage <laughs> did Don't she lie though there are some like you know there are there are a few that have done really yeah well i can name one like with a big wig yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's done well um <laughs> um yeah but that's the thing i think i probably i strived a bit more for popularity on the scene because i didn't have it at school yeah um but even mm. at the time i'm i'm not like I don't really look back and I'm like, oh, okay, like, because I, I was popular, that's not something that I was bothered by. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. if I was unpopular and I was like seeking to be popular yeah, on yeah. the scene, then that would be something I would want to tell myself. See, but, mine was more just spending too many hours in the club yeah. and going out to. Yeah, to but do you not think it. like as we get older, we spend less time in the club? So it's kind of good to like get it out of our system. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, it's been I done. But I just look back and I just, I just think if I'd known that then. I would have given less of a shit and had probably a bit more of a laugh, to be honest. But you're right, actually. Don't really regret it. So, But yeah, to realise that actually it don't matter, I would have been like, give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when someone was rude to me in the club, I wouldn't have taken it personally because I'm like, whatever, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I think I probably just regret the fact that like all of the, all of the years, like the amount of, if you add up <laughs> all of the hours I've spent in bars, clubs walking the streets of soho fire oh lord <laughs> <laughs> i mean there were times random where... flats in voxel <laughs> <laughs> well if you add all of that up well no take out the flats in voxel because that just takes it to another level <laughs> <laughs> no, but also like the thing i was going to say was all of these times when i'm out clubbing i would just be like in this bubble with my friends enjoying myself like doing bumps but really if i was a bit more like present in the room and stuff i would go out with my friends especially my girlfriends and they'd be like oh my god did you see that guy looking at you and i'm like no and i wouldn't clock 
ever. Yeah. Whereas I feel like if I was a bit more attentive to people outside of my social circle, mm-hmm. um, you know, I might have even just had like a couple more relationships, which like, even if they were short ones, would have just given me probably a little bit more experience and even just confidence in yeah. meeting other guys. I think as well, drinking and drugs, etc. Um, one of my friends told me this ages ago, they stunt your... Um, Penis. Yeah, probably, <laughs> depending on what ones. Um, they no stunt, bag, yeah, but they stunt you being able... When you go into a social situation, and a lot of, you know, gay people will get kind of... A lot of us, you know, have had it myself, get social anxiety, awkward. Still now I get very awkward in a lot of social situations. And I think if way back then I'd been doing all of this going out a lot more sober and and being able to pick up a bit better social skills and learn how to do it without um, without the aid of drugs, I'd probably be a bit less awkward now. I think you're by taking drugs, you don't remember and you're not actually building up a lot of the skills totally. that maybe some other people do. And totally. That's not, not so much a regret, but if I look back, I'd have played it a little bit differently because now <laughs> like I said, I could be a charismatic playboy. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. One thing I wish I'd known when I was younger, take less drugs. Oh my God, 100%, yeah. Sometimes I think if, like, if I had stayed out for, like, a day and a half instead of, like, three days, or even if I stayed out for three days but I just took half as much as what yeah. I was taking rather than just going full pelt for three days, um, what is the worst you've ever been? Are you mean? Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I was always quite good. I always... <laughs> I always made sure I slept every 24 hours. So I only ever stayed out a day, except for there was one time and I was was, was with you. We stayed out for about three days <laughs> and I left my car at Nick's and I went back and it had been clamped, broken into and I had to go and get my car from like some pound and then drive it on the motorway with a hole. And that just kind of told me that God doesn't want me to do that. So I was probably a bit better behaved. <laughs> um, what was um, yours? Oh, there's one that I remember and... It was the longest I think I'd stayed awake <clears throat> for. And I don't know why it was, but there was just something in me that was just, it was almost a bit like a self-destruct situation. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why or anything. <laughs> Probably something very minuscule, like I didn't get a text back. <laughs> didn't, didn't get your photo taken in room service. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or extra, which was my club night. <laughs> um yeah, no, and I can't remember what it was, but I'd sort of been awake for a day or maybe a day and a half. Then I'd gone to work. Then I'd left work, gone back to the place where I was before work. Um, then after that, I'd gone and like met met this guy. And <laughs> while I was sort of like getting with this guy, he then invites this other guy over. It's so funny. Well, I was talking about uh, Berlin with Mark and the stories that kept coming up I was like so I was with this guy and then he invites his third guy <laughs> and Mark's like you can't catch a fucking break can you <laughs> <laughs> it happened again yeah anyway so there's now three of us and I they were like sort of getting together so I'm like just going to the toilet while I'm in the toilet I just start hearing all of these voices like I don't even know like I full on think they're having a full blown conversation. I've got like my ear pressed up against the door and yeah. everything. Oh like, my God. I'm going loco. <laughs> <laughs> like she is down in Coca Loco, bitch. Um, and yeah, then I just had to like get my stuff and leave. And then I went from there to like so another. What you was hearing wasn't happening. I've, I'm still not sure. Yeah. I'm pretty certain it wasn't. Yeah. Um, because you hear shit all the fucking time when you're high, especially like on party drugs and stuff. Um, 
So I just went from there to like another after party and I just see. sat there and cried. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, Ireland was like another time. <laughs> was I with you that time or not? Was that a different time? Every single time I've been, I've really? just been like ruined. Because yeah, I went, went and met that guy, didn't I, for a couple of days because I couldn't keep up. Honestly. <laughs> I had to just stop going. I think... I can't remember if the last time I, I think the last time I went was with you and I was like I can't do this anymore. No. I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna die in Dublin. Yeah, no, I even that time I remember thinking this is too much for me, so I had to kind of have a little relationship just so I could kind of get away from all mm. the craziness. <laughs> you weren't even that sexual with the guy, were you? Yeah, it wasn't no, more not like really. a friend thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um Yeah, it was just You just went and smoked all his way, didn't you? <laughs> I think we did K or something like that. I can't remember. It's many years ago by the way. Um <laughs> But they, yeah, definitely take their drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like health problems as well. Like sometimes I get bad stomachs, which I think, do you know what? Don't, over the years, obviously it's been a while. We've been fairly healthy yeah, now for a while. Yeah. Um, definitely I get the odd stomach ache or something will happen. And I just think, do you know what? I'd probably be so much healthier. I'll have a couple less lines. Not to have too many, yeah. but a couple less lines if I hadn't, you know, stayed awake for so long and put so much powder well, up my nose but i think as well the whole take less drugs thing it ties in with another thing which for me it was just to know health healthy coping mechanisms yeah which we obviously didn't at the time i mean there's something i've struggled with basically like my whole life whether i was like 12 13 and i was using food or it was like 15 to 19 and it was using not food <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to like phrase that properly but you know what I mean? I went from one extreme to the other. Yeah. And then after that, I was like drinking loads, taking always taking some form of drug. And I'm not even like really sure why I did it. It was probably, to be fair, a lot to do with like losing my mum and stuff. Um, but, you know, I think since obviously I've been to like therapy for that. Um, so I've kind of like dealt with a lot of the trauma and issues that were left. Um, yeah. So now I just try and do, uh, do it a bit more healthily. Yeah, no, I think they, I think you said before they should teach um, healthy coping mechanisms in school, um, for example, because you're literally just thrust out into the world. And it's not just us. Everybody's out there and everyone's got some kind of thing that it's about kind of increasing those feel-good hormones in your body. Some people might be addicted to shopping. Other people, you know, addicted to a man or a bad relationship or yeah. multiple sexual partners and drugs, and etc. And I think, obviously, you know, if you, life can be good, but on the whole, life can be pretty shit most of the time. Yeah. So people are constantly trying to get these, like, little highs. And actually, if you just had a bit more of a healthy mechanism and realise... I think years ago, someone told me, you don't always have to be happy or sad. You can just be a bit like, oh. And it took me years and years before I realised that because whenever I wasn't really happy, I'd think I was depressed. Um, yeah, but that's I think because like, people are like taking drugs and drinking or doing, when you're using unhealthy coping mechanisms, it creates an unbalance. Yeah. So you're either high or you're really low and you don't really get that middle ground. Mm -hmm. um, I would recommend swimming. Swimming is great, like a water therapy i think it's called i don't really know too much about it but i just decided to start swimming like i think around like the sort of the start of december and i just love it now i prefer it to going to the gym like it's just really nice afterwards uh -huh. it, like clears your head you're not really thinking about anything when you're swimming mm -hmm. so you like your mind's not like ticking over or anything like that you're not overthinking yeah um and other than that prescription drugs 
Yeah, no. <laughs> no street drugs, just prescription. <laughs> no, but I think even if they if they taught you things like mindfulness, like now we, you try and do mindfulness and you can kind of do it a little bit, but it's hard to do because it's not a natural thing. Imagine you'd got taught that shit at school and it was like second nature. It'd be so much easier to 100%. do things like that. But yeah, I think exercise is a good one. I definitely need to do more of it. And um, also as well, I think just, you know, even like sitting with your your emotions, it's uncomfortable, but like that's what like has to be done. Yeah. This is another thing, actually, is emotions don't really matter that much. Like, I've always, until very recently, actually, was very led by my emotions. You know, if I was feeling happy, I'd act happy. If I was sad, I'd act sad. And I look back at cert- even certain members of my family, where I think so much of my life has been, like childhood especially, has been crafted by your whims and your emotions. Whereas, actually, emotions aren't, they don't, you, you don't have to act on them. You can feel an emotion and then you can let it go. You just need to let it wash over you. Totally. I remember seeing that saying that your worst hour is only 60, no, 59, no, 60 minutes long. <laughs> Sorry to work out how long an hour was. Um, and that's one thing I've done is not let, you know, if you feel shit, whatever, get on and carry on doing what you're going to do because it's going to wash over you and it's going to go. And I think so many of us, especially if you're quite sensitive, will really let those emotions shape your day and how you're feeling. And actually, you can really more or less be in control of your emotions. You know, if you feel shit, you can put yourself into mindfulness. I know like when you're heartbroken, it's a bit harder, but just just get on top of it and carry on. And I think so long I've wallowed in negative emotions in my yeah. life or, you know, in the past, maybe gone and take drugs or self-medicated with alcohol or whatever at some point. Don't get me wrong, never alcoholic or anything, but like have a night No, out. never. Um, Just the occasional binge drink. I yeah. still do that now. Yeah, well, I did it for your birthday the other week. <laughs> still brunch dying. Brunch tomorrow? Um, no, no, it's a sober brunch. I'll probably have like two drinks. I forgot you had a date. That was an invite from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realise what you're talking about, my brunch. I'll just like turn up to your date like, cooey, prosecco. Yeah. <laughs> If it's going bad, I'll give you a call. Oh my god, yeah, the <laughs> SOS text. Um, okay, what else? What uh, else do we wish we knew? We've got coping mechanisms. How about warned, Darren, when I was 18 and coming to London, someone went, by the way, Darren, just to let you know, you're going to meet a lot of fucked up people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, somebody did do that? Or you're no, saying? I needed someone to tell me that because I was fucking, my jaw hit the floor when I met some of the idiots. <laughs> okay, so tell me about some of the... These fucked up people. Um. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because I love how the whole episode has just turned into like... Drugs. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you're going to learn something, you're going to learn from <clears> drugs. <throat> the one thing I would say about um, taking drugs and stuff, though, is that I do wish I'd done some things differently, but I don't like necessarily like regret it. Like at, at the time I was having fun and you know that... Voxel was like a moment, like, I don't know, it's it's just something that not a lot of people are going to experience because it was Mm. something that existed within those three, four years and has kind of, okay, it still goes on now, but because the clubs are different, it's not the same. We weren't at chill out for three fucking days. We was in the club for 12 hours and then we was at chill out maybe for 12 hours. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just, I feel like it's almost like a, a landmark era. Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm glad I did it, but I also do think there's just way more productive ways I could have spent my time. That's what I mean. I just wish we I'd did done it, it for a lot, a year, not three, yeah, exactly, yeah. Or, and not quite, not every single weekend. Um, so tell me about the um, the fucked, these fucked up, people. up people. So for a start, probably one of the main things I think is how many 
men are going to force themselves upon you and you mm. kind of in your teenagers and your early 20s. About. <laughs> that was something I didn't expect. Like I, I can genuinely say as a, te- as a teenager and in my early 20s, I did not until I was, until I was 21 actually and I met a guy, um, no, not even 21, I was probably about, yeah, I was about 21. Prior to that, 16 to 21 going out, I didn't meet a single nurturing older gay guy at all nearly not I'm not saying all older gays are like it but unfortunately not everyone I came across but I came across a lot that would force themselves on it and I was too young yeah or like take advantage of you or take advantage of situations yeah and also I tell myself you can say fuck off because back then I felt like I'd be looked at as frigid or an idiot um worrying about how I looked by saying no whereas really I should have just said fuck off yeah totally so do you wish like you, part of it is that you'd been less naive as well to like these types of men. Yeah, I just thought everyone in the world was nice. I, and then I come I was to exactly London and the same. there were so many people that weren't. I was exactly the same. I just grew up like not, not massively naive, but obviously my dad is not the kind of dad that will sit down and have certain types of conversation with you. Yeah. Uh, my mum probably would have done. Mm-hmm. Um but again, like and then, my, like my sister and my brother, like they were both a lot older than me. But it just wasn't really like the conversation I would kind of have with them. Yeah, you know, just about about like older guys and just being careful. You need to have it's almost a similar conversation that you have to have with girls that you have to have with young gay boys. Yeah, um, because older men can be predatory. Yeah, well, I was, again, so can probably young as well. But yeah, when course, you're young yeah. and innocent, other young people are unlikely to do it as much, I suppose. Yeah, I just meant like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be like calling your little heterosexual son in and being like, oh, just so you know, women could be super predatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, fucking great milfs. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but also just how fucked up some of the people are in London. Like as you know, I grew up with a bit of violence. So I always, I knew that there were men out there that wanted to fight and have violence, but. Some of the games I probably see people people play with, like they used to be, you know, I think I've told you about all these kind of big houses when I was younger that we'd go to. This was when I was really young, and we'd go to some of these um, go to some of these parties, and there would be people there that were a few years older than us, had a bit more money, and some of the things they would do, like they, you know, they'd put out these plates of drugs really for all of these, like you know, I was only eighteen, nineteen myself, put out all these drugs for people. I remember. Sorry, being what a, was the address? I probably won't give it to them. <laughs> Anyone who went there will know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But like there was one one time I remember just being Wait, in the room. Wait, you talking about the Clapham House? No, no, no. I'm oh. talking about way before that. You've got to think I was, this is many moons ago when I was 18, 19. You were probably still in bloody school. Um, and I remember once standing in a room with this guy that I quite liked. We were just having a chat. And this older guy came into the house, looked at us, handed this guy a, a con no not even a condom handed him a sachet of lube turned the light off walked out the door and closed the door and he'd always do things like you'd and then he'd go downstairs and they'd be like you know trans porn on the tv and i remember they would i'm not even going to talk about it in here because it's just too fucked up but some of the fucked up things i saw and i remember being 18 19 and just thinking i never ever really wanted to know that people like this existed, existed like, yeah. the way he played with totally. certain people's minds um i swear looking back some of them are definitely you know, some of them, not all of them, some of them are definitely paedophiles. Um, and I do think if, if I had a bit more of a talking to and understood that there are really fucked up people out there and you might meet them, you know, it's not just a story in the news that there's some someone that is a bit of a psychopath and not all psychopaths are murderers, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think if I'd known that, I could have navigated it a bit more because meeting people like that and sometimes getting trapped in their web a little bit, luckily I didn't get too pulled in, but it definitely, 
even further affects your makes you know your mental health issues a little bit more difficult to uh, get over. So I think yeah, anyone who doesn't live in London and moves to London, you have to realise that a lot of people want to fuck you over. <laughs> yeah, you need like that almost a bit like a fatherly th- figure, don't you? Just to yeah. warn you about the types of people that lurk around on the scene. Yeah. Um, mm. It's not like necessarily in line, but <laughs> just uh, talking of fucked up people, I remember this. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, were you there? Um, <laughs> we was at this uh, after party and this woman, it was a, a guy and a girl's house and they lived together. And she was obviously just like a f- trashy fag hag. Yeah. <clears throat> and she was like going around like buzzing, like telling everyone like how she had like a court date the next day and she had to be at court in the morning. She was like, I've got to be at court. I've got to be in court. Oh yeah, I was there. Carry on. I think, <laughs> I, come, I, think I picked you up from it and she was smashing her thing as I... Oh, in. okay. That was what I was going to say. So that <laughs> I missed the pre-bit, so, so feel me in. Um, there wasn't really that much apart from the fact that she would just go circulating this party going to everyone, I've got to be at court, I've got to be at court. And we're like, she's like, I've got to be at court in six hours, I've got to be at court in five hours. And we're like, okay, like, bitch, go to bed. Um, and then she just like disappeared and I'm like, okay, she's gone to bed. And then she would literally emerge like 40 minutes later, like, <sighs> like even higher than she was. And I'm like, okay, she'd just been sitting in the cupboard doing lines or something. <laughs> so then basically she didn't, she didn't go to court. I don't know what it was for, but she ended up not going to court. And then around when you turned up, um, I'd gone into the bathroom and she was just like throwing all of this makeup into the bath and she'd run a bath and then started throwing all of this makeup into it. And then, you know, like the little uh, Medusa symbol of the Versace case. Yeah. <laughs> she like threw, she like looked at it and threw it in the bath and was like, drown, bitch, drown. Like talking to the makeup case. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't stand it when people, whenever I used to see people go loco like that, it used to make me so uncomfortable. I'd always leave pretty quick. After I remember once a New Year's Eve party again when I was probably about twenty one, twenty two, and they were all taking G, and I, I never took K back then, so I, I wasn't touching. Never really got made into G anyway, um, and everyone was crazy around there, like they were getting all sexual, and there was like little old virgin me like having the K hole. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> going here? You can't get a taxi back then because it cost you like a hundred pound, and I was stuck there all night. You were in Brighton. No, this was. Um, in South London somewhere. Like, everyone oh who was gosh. there are people that you know. Probably some of them were at your party. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're much better behaved now. No, but, they definitely were. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I remember being at this party and I was just like, what the fuck? I think my boyfriend <laughs> come and got me in the end. I must say, this conversation is really making me realise how much fucking drugs we took when we were younger. It's really quite embarrassing. <laughs> it just, it just, drugs were just involved in everything that we wish we could change. Or I mean, we weren't, it sounds better. like we took them every day. Let's, people do be clear, this was just a weekend thing, mainly. Um, but yeah, how embarrassing that we did it in touch that much. Although, I've got to be honest, youth. there was like nothing better than just like sitting in someone's flat doing, doing a line on a Tuesday where you knew that you didn't have work that week. <laughs> oh God, yeah, but doesn't it make you die at the shudder at the thought of it now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Depends if it's free or not. If it's free, I'll probably do it now. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Definitely wouldn't. There's... It depends on like what po- kind of party it was. Do you know what I mean? If it was just like... If you were getting dick, you'd be happy. No, I'm... I know you. <laughs> no, I meant more if it was like just me and my sisters. Yeah. That would be more of a thing 
that I would prefer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was never one of those people that loved the sex parties. Mm-hmm. I was always the people, the person that loved the chill outs, which initially, just to clarify, a chill out before they adapted the term chill out to mean sex party, chill outs were like after parties where everyone would throw on wigs, throw on mm-hmm. heels, and we'd all just get high together as friends. And then there might be like a little occasional blowjob, like in the toilet or something in privacy. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, obviously now these uh, sex parties have taken over. But mm-hmm. um, well, I feel like we um, had a lot of stuff that we wanted to know when we were younger. And I asked our listeners as well, and I asked our followers on Instagram. And we're going to get to those in a second. I just want to say a quick thank you to our Patreons. Um, this week, I want to say a massive thank you to Jacob Reiter, who, Reiter, Rita, oh my God, I literally do this every episode. I'm like, how do I say their names? <laughs> Jacob Reiter. Um, Jacob, I'm going to call you Jacob because I feel like we're friends now. Thank you so much. Jacob is the producer of this episode. And our other patrons this week are Sean Forbes. Big up, Sean Forbes. Thank you very much. Sean Carpenter. Ivan Sanchez and Terry Lee, y'all are fucking rock stars. So thank you very much for supporting us here on Cocktails and Confessions. Uh, If you guys want to get involved with Patreon where you can support the show, uh, you can find us on there at Cocktails and Cock Talk. Um, Or if you want to get involved in the discussion like our followers have, which we're about to go into... Uh, just follow us on Cocktails Cock Talk on Instagram or at Cocktails Confessions and we'll, we put stuff out on the stories which you can reply to and we'll read them out. We might even call you up. Um, so yeah, let's dive right in. So these are readers that have sent in their... Um, yeah. Uh, so here because I'm bored says confidence is the turn on, not the model body. Well, she ain't listening to this podcast because she's bored. I know that's for sure. She's listening because there's pure entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what did he say? Confidence is the turn on, not, not the model, model body. Yeah, but even confident. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Obviously, you don't. not everyone has to have a, a great body. But does everyone have to have confidence as well? Do you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> not even fit to be a turn on, but I think what he means is... For you to, yeah, and just like to to attract other men. Like if you're feeling insecure, don't be like, oh, I'm feeling insecure. Like I need to hit the gym. Like I'm I'm feeling insecure, but like, yeah, just own what you've got. Like you said, yeah. Um, I think that's a really good point. Although you know, hitting the gym if you're severely overweight isn't a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Um, hitting the gym, like gym, is good for your mental health as well as your physical health, and your confidence does go up when you hit the gym. Yeah. Um, but I love the idea of just having confidence without going to the gym. If I mean, if you can do that and you're happy, like more power to you. Yeah. I go to the gym and I still struggle with my confidence. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've got loads of friends that don't won't do certain things or go to certain places because they're not comfortable um, with their body. But again, that's a whole bloody another issue, isn't it? Really? Yeah. But... Um, Hornsey David again hello Hornsey David Uh, we're getting lots of responses from you and I'm loving them keep them coming Um, (laughs) Hornsey David said have a wank first and if you still fancy it go do it I think that's pretty solid advice like have you ever been so horny you've gone and hooked up with someone ugly like most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. But then I probably wouldn't ever go. If I had a wank before it, I'd never go and meet anybody. A hundred percent. Yeah, right. 
I'm the same. Yeah, have you ever done anything where you look back and you think, God, if I'd have wanked before that, I definitely wouldn't have done it. Oh my God, 100%. And you know what, actually, this is one of the things as well that I wish I'd known when I was younger, is my self-worth. Because it took me years to get my self-worth. And there are so many times when I look back, and it's a bit like what you said about how sometimes you go through with things um, just because you're worried about looking a certain way. Mm. or It's just un uncomfortable as well, isn't it? Especially if you meet someone like online and then you turn up and then you're not really feeling the vibe mm -hmm. you've got to have a bit of a bit of gut to be like oh sorry i'm not feeling it yeah yeah sometimes you think oh it's just easier just to suck the dick <laughs> yeah i mean as i got older I started, i've walked out of plenty i walked out of plenty not that there's been that many but yeah definitely went through with things i shouldn't have done when i was younger um would you remember that incident in brighton <laughs> that was like a notable one for me about learning about my self-worth um and I've been at the park guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and basically, I'd been chatting to this guy for ages. Um, and then, long story short, went to meet him for like a frisky park meetup. Why was you in the park? Didn't, couldn't either of you come? I was, I was at a party. I didn't have like a hotel or anything booked because yeah. I hadn't planned on staying. Uh huh. Um, I think he was staying in a hotel with people. Okay. And just like a park is just like, n like it was cold as well. Do you know what I mean? It was Brighton in August. It wasn't exactly warm. Um, but I think because I liked Brighton's him, usually boiling in August. It must have been a cold summer. Yeah. It, I think it rained and everything that weekend. Oh my God. Um, but I think because I liked him, I allowed myself to lower my self-worth and be like, okay, I'll go meet you in the park in the middle of the day. Like when I know that you're off your face or whatever. Um, and then I think I basically like just cried all day because he didn't make me come. <laughs> Did you make him come? Yeah, of course. <laughs> In like 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then you cried all day because you didn't get yours. Because <laughs> if you'd had a wank before that, you wouldn't have cared. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, it was actually probably more like three weeks that I cried for. <laughs> yeah, I remember you being pretty devoted about that. I'm sure you've written a couple of articles on Cocktail and Cock Talk, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure, I have. <laughs> that was a bitter pill. <laughs> Um, so that is good advice, uh, Hornsey David. What I found really funny about his response to the question was that he followed it up with a clown emoji and then an eggplant emoji, which I just thought was like genius. Like you've clowned me with your dick, basically. But then a person walking with a... <laughs> with a blind stick. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's called? A blind stick? I don't know. Yeah, a walking yeah. stick. Like yeah. A blind person's walking stick, yeah. It was, <laughs> use that emoji. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it either. <laughs> but that's why I'm laughing. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't, it makes sense-ish, but yeah, I can't exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd rather be blind than have fucked you. <laughs> like, yeah, clown dick. So Dylan said, um, the right lube is key to bottoming. Get a good douche early on. Oh, that sounds like somebody that's shit on a few men. It does, doesn't it? And, <laughs> and it's two different things as well, but the right lube is key to bottoming. What's the right lube to be a good bottom then? Uh, not spit. <laughs> who can do that? Huh? I said, who can do that? That's sober. You've never bottoms with spit before. I've no. bottomed spit like once or twice oh. before. It's awful. It's horrendous. And especially for me because I'm so tired. Yeah. Of also get a good douche early on babes if you're eating enough fiber in your diet you shouldn't really have to be douching is what i've heard do you know what really really no one gets enough fiber though to be fair mm. well do you know what this is what fiber pills are for i've never taken them but i've had the great 
Give yeah. it a go. Let me know. Well, I mean, fibre pills didn't exist like 15 years ago when us old bitches were teenagers. But yeah, they did fibre gel. Oh, I don't. Yeah, what sure you mean is the, the actual anal fibre that they that's like specifically for. They they basically gone and got something that already existed, put it in a pill, and sold it to the gays, and <laughs> marked oh. up the price. Oh, but yeah, getting a lot of fibre in your diet. Well, um, no, as I well mean, as a good douche, maybe. Like I was anorexic between like sixteen and twenty. I didn't need to douche. Yeah, just was nothing say. up there. <laughs> just bile. <laughs> 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 Stomach um, acid and tears. <laughs> <laughs> we had lots of we had lots and lots of messages of uh, being gay is okay, being gay is pretty great. Um, so fabulous to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cheshire says, uh, "I would I wish I'd known to worry more about my future, not about my social circle." Oh my god, a hundred percent. Love that. Yes, bitch, like, fuck your friends, go get your bag. Yeah. <laughs> you get rich, you can buy new friends. Yeah. <laughs> or just go and make rich friends. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Fucking elevate that social circle to the, the, the yeah. Obamas. <laughs> to be honest, though, all money, having loads of money and nobody to hang around with would be a bit sad as well. So I think it's probably finding the right balance, isn't it, <laughs> between, between totally. the both. Totally. And also, you don't want to be like a fucking shallow bitch that's only ever chasing money. Exactly. But, you know, when you say worry about your future, that doesn't necessarily mean money. That's, tr- like, that's true, yeah. And I think there's a difference between, like, chasing money and chasing security. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe we've got one more, haven't we? Jay Camden says... Mm-hmm. Get comfortable failing instead of never trying. That's a good one, I think. I like that too. Yeah. I think that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, I think we've spoken before about facing rejection, not just with guys, but generally with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like spraying out many darts and then seeing which one kind of lands. Yeah. And the more you fail, the more you're going to find things you're good good at or things that go well. Also, the more you're scared of failing, like the more you're going to restrict your own life. Yeah. Get out there and live it, bitches. Yeah, I'm sure someone said everything... I heard a saying, it's like everything you want is on the other side of fear. And that's obviously, mm. you know, another version of that, really. So, yeah, it's let's get like, failing. Life starts at the end of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, very that. Unless it's your heart, you don't want that to fail. <laughs> <laughs> or your erection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that seems like a good point for us to end on. Uh, so we will love you and leave you guys. Um, if there's any more things that you <clears throat> wish you'd known when you was younger, just DM us. Uh, we might do a part two. This was fun. And yeah, if you want to follow us on socials, I'm at Jalay Slays. I'm at Swan Swagger. And we will chat to you guys next week. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye.